Welcome to the Game Deflators Podcast, episode 49. My name is John, and I am joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Ryan. Hey, everybody, here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we're not joking around in today's Inflation Deflation Challenge, folks. This Inflation Deflation Challenge really handed it to me. It really did. It was, uh, now I know what true darkness is. Yeah, I do. I, I almost went into a descent of madness just playing that. It, it was uh, it was truly uh, uncomfortable. Really, the joke was on us for even it, attempting it. It certainly was. Yeah. So how's your week been, John? Enough of this banter. Enough of the banter. Uh, it's been pretty good so far, man. Uh, no major pickups, but I finally got my first limited run game. I know we've talked crap about them in the past. Uh, this is really cool. You make a good product, but you make a bad E3 presentation. <laughs> some worst E3 presentation. There's some cases... Save your money! There's some cases where I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, taking that Star Wars game and reprinting it in, like, an N64 so it had, like, a blue shell. Like, I could have just heat gunned the sticker off of it and, like, put it on a different color shell. Right. Like, that's all I could have done. Like, it would have been fine. Um, and I think the Turok, they had, like, a metal display Turok uh, for N64. There's some really stupid crap out there, but I picked up Freedom Planet on the uh, limited run Nintendo Switch version, and it was just, it's a platformer. I like platformers, and I, I thought it'd be a cool one to pick up. Is so. this something you actually anticipate yourself playing in the near future? Uh, Well, dude, you've seen my, there's a pile of games. No, that... I know, but that's what I'm asking. Like, this was a limited run game. This was a game that was born to be digital or was being released on a newer platform and you felt like this was a game that you absolutely had to get yet you have no intention on playing it anytime soon it's not just it's not just shelf dressing this is something you went out of your way to yeah. purchase you do realize that like games like god of war on the playstation 4 like other games that i haven't even touched okay uh, so I purchased what was, those what years was this ago. one? You could have always gotten this digital, probably cheaper, much later on from now. There's the key. It's already digital. The key thing is that. Yeah, but in two years, who knows what the price could be? You paid for a physical copy of this, and all you got was that little card. It's not like your Owl Boy that you got. Okay, that is a badass collector. That's set. what I'm saying. Oh Owl Boy, you got that. This you got some little card, and you got a copy of it on Switch. But is it is it actually going to be worth it in the end? I think it will. I, dude, I love platformers. And this will be one of those games that I don't have a lot of Switch games. This is one that I think I can... Yeah, I mean, I have hardly any. So this is it one I It looks like I have hardly any because everything I own is digital. Yeah, that's true. So this one, I think, will be one of those games I can kind of pop in and play every now and then, like mm -hmm. before going to bed. Uh, so that'd be pretty cool. And it's, like I said, it's a platformer. So what like have you been playing before you go to bed? Uh, well, before I fall asleep on the couch while playing a game, literally falling asleep while playing a game, I cannot tell you how many Sukaden characters I have run into while falling asleep. But Sukaden 2 is what I've been playing before bed. I am at the end, dude. I have eight more characters to get, and I have collected all the characters. So I'm sitting at 100 characters total right now. And uh, I finally beat... God, what was his name? It was a necromancer vampire type guy i forget but he had zombies and i killed the zombies and i got rid of him and uh we're on our way to that last little bit of a game nice so i'm thinking if i could not fall asleep tonight while playing i might be able to knock it out tonight there you go we'll see it's been like six months of me playing this game 
as many people know, it's not like I don't play anything else. I have beaten You've been a playing a lot. good bit of games, and uh, we're actually almost done, as a matter of fact, with DuckTales. We're on the final uh, level in that one as well. Okay. And that one's been pretty cool. Uh, I've definitely enjoyed that one. Uh, really good game so far. So we ended up beating uh, Dracula Duck, and I think that's his name, Dracula Duck. Is it Count Duckula? Count Duckula? I don't. I don't remember. Um, I'm not a huge. I, I like Ducktales, but I'm not a huge like fan. Yeah, I I tried to go back and watch Ducktales. I've heard that the new Ducktales reboot they started a few years ago was actually pretty good. I remember uh, somebody covered it. Don't it was, know. It looked pretty good. I'll look into that. Uh, but Ducktales has been cool. We're almost done. Uh, after we beat. Dracula Duck or Duck Dracula or Count Duckula, whatever his name is. There's a final like speed run that you have to do, which I was not prepared for with one heart and zero lives on the final area. And uh, I died the one time and I'm going to have to go through it again. But yeah, my wife and I have enjoyed that one and it's been pretty cool. There you go. What have you been playing? Well, so uh, as I talked about the last few weeks, I picked up the Apple Arcade and I have been playing tons of apple arcade so so far this is just what i've been playing this week i've been playing uh card of darkness over the alps battle sky harpoon mini motorways pilgrims and hexaflip what is hexaflip is that the one that you and i were playing last uh no hexaflip is a whole different one that i didn't show you and i didn't show you card of darkness either but uh i've been playing also that was a super impossible something and then bleak sword get out kids uh exit the gungeon there's so many good games and they've all been fantastic so far and i've just been having so much fun doing those i haven't even touched zone of the enders i need to get back on that and finish that up i think you and i it's going to be interesting because we're both going to be finishing our new games resolutions right around the same time yeah, I mean, if you beat it this week and I beat it this week, which yeah, I would I'll definitely try I to will. be done in the next couple of weeks, and uh, you'll definitely be done by then too. So, probably the next two weeks, we could probably do you do one, and then I do one, and we'll finish recounting ours, and then we could start. You know, we're not too far away; just a few months away from having to pick our new new games resolutions for 2020. I don't even know where I'm going to start on that, man. Yeah. They're so, and you know, I'll probably again pick an RPG because I've had such a blast playing Sukaden Two um, the last few months in that storyline. I might have to pick another RPG. Yeah, I've been kind of thinking. Uh, I love your Tales of Symphonia special edition that you have here, mm-hmm. but I've uh, I love the original one, and I never beat the sequel. So I thought about that. I've been thinking of... I have a few ideas that I've been tossing around in my head. It just depends. Uh, there's a whole slew of games that I almost beat that I kind of want to get back to. Uh, I've also been playing uh, Link to the Past. I've been playing a lot more of that. About halfway through there, I spent a good amount of time following the... Uh, I think it's the IGN guide that I've been using. Mm-hmm. And going through, cleaning up, getting all the heart pieces. Because I want to do everything in this. Because... The guide's there. It's easy to follow, you know, uh, and it'll be my first time going all the way through that. So I'm scooching my way through there. I'm trying to play as many of these Apple Arcade games as I can just to really get my money's worth. I really, really see 
how much I can get out of this $5 in this first month. Yeah. And uh, for anybody out there listening that says, why are you guys using guides for some of these games? Uh, honestly, you try getting 108 characters in Sukunen 2 having never played it and not knowing, you know, to get mud or clay for one particular character in a city and then finding another guy behind a bush who has the clay. Like, the, if we wanted to get 100% of these games, guides are almost necessary. Well, yeah, I cases. mean, I don't think that there's any problem in using guides. And it's like, especially for me playing Link to the Past, it's just I want to make sure that while I'm playing this game, I get all the way through it. And I'm not going to do this for every game. Like, I hardly ever do this for any game. But I've seen so many completionist runs of this before and so many, uh, you know, randomizers for it before. I just I want to see it all for myself and I want to get through it all. And um, it's been a blast. I love playing on my Game Boy. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Good stuff, man. Uh, well, speaking of cool things to play, let's jump into our news. So everybody's heard PlayStation 5 is coming out. There's so much PS5 news. Yeah, I think our almost our entire episode is PS5. You're going to learn at least five things about the PS5 unless you already read stuff on the internet more than we do. Don't count, though, because we might not actually hit five. Who knows? Uh, but you remember when we first started talking about VR and you were saying, hey, I want to get PS an Oculus. VR 2 bundle for $1,000. I'm still I'm still betting on it. If I could put money on it in Vegas, I would. You're still betting on it. I said it was going to be wireless. It looks like it's going to be wireless. I was right on that. Now, the cool thing, though, that we recently just read is it is going to have both a front and rear camera that will scale your room for the VR experience, which is actually really awesome. And I yeah. think it already exists, right? With yeah, some of room the scale VR. VR is already a thing for um, the HTC platform. I know. I think Oculus might have it, too. Uh, I don't know if the Quest does, but... This is one thing that uh, I was thinking about. I really think that this is going to be the next big thing in VR, and it's almost enough. It might be enough to put me off my plans for getting the Oculus Quest. I know I swore up and down here that I would, and then I uh, I stopped stopped being able to have that income revenue to save up for that, so that sucks, but honestly... This is my comparison. So the Oculus Quest, from what I've heard from people, is really more of a PSP. It's not the Vita. The Vita was awesome. The Vita had everything that we wanted, and it still didn't do super well. But the PSP was just kind of, you know, almost there. It wasn't quite there. It was really good for what it was, but it was definitely a prototype. That's kind of what the Oculus Quest is. Now, the PSVR 2 is not going to be like the Vita in the sense that you can't take it anywhere with you like you can the Quest. It is going to be tethered to the PlayStation 5. That we know of. But it will have a lot of next-gen stuff that really is going to be making it a much better experience. It's going to have a lot more power behind it. So I think that if I'm going to get into VR and I don't have a bitching computer, this is the route that I'm going to take. 
Honestly, it's one of the better, more affordable routes, um, at least in the last generation of gaming. We are speculating. We don't yeah, know we yet don't know. what it's going to cost. $1,000 is a stiff price for VR and a console, but cheaper than an HTC Vive and the computer you would need to run it in comparison. You'd probably still be better off if you want a top tier, I'm imagining, with a computer and a Vive. But for tier two, I'm thinking this is the way to go money wise. Yeah. And in the long run, it's going to be super expensive when we all have to get, you know, surgery on our eyes because we've destroyed them. So honestly, looking at the, the setup of this right now, wireless, all the LEDs on the back for motion tracking and everything that they're doing on this is really just kind of confirming what I had mentioned last year that the PlayStation VR initially was just kind of an introductory point in the VR. Get people in there, get the games out in the market, see how it goes, and then really release the VR experience that they're going to do for, um, you know, during the PlayStation 5's life cycle. So that plus tie in the fact that it's supposed to be backwards compatible, the PlayStation 4. It will be backwards compatible. So you tie in and that. It'll and it'll have super cheap PS Now. So super cheap PS Now plus all the super cheap VR games that came out on the PS4. So yeah, that's kind of that's like, kind of my thing. I I wrote that down for a later note, but I mean, by the time that I don't think I'm going to wind up getting PS5 at launch. Me neither. I, I think that waiting for PS5 to come down in price and the PSVR2 to come down in price, getting both of those and then basically just getting PS now cuz we already have games on PS now which is $10, you get like 800 games or something for $10 a month. And we're talking like big games like God of War, like last year's Smash Hits, you can play for that $10 a month. I'm thinking that next gen is really going to be all about, hey, wait till the price drops out and don't even buy a physical game for it. Hopefully that's All not digital, baby. Hopefully it's not the case because I would like to see support coming through for a lot of his newer titles. And I know you slam me before that I don't always buy new titles, but I do buy new titles to an extent. Like the Neverwinter Nights remake or remastered it's coming out um later in December. I'm picking that up on Switch, brand new. So I mean I'm really I couldn't hoping... imagine. Uh yeah. Yeah, me picking up a new title. So I'm no, really... no. I can't imagine trying to play all those games. I remember talking about it before, like Baldur's Gate and stuff. Like, it's gonna be interesting. I don't interesting. think I could actually play those games. I love, I love listening to. If you like those games, go listen to Noah Caldwell Gervais video on them because that is an amazing video. I love that video, but I don't think I'll ever play those games. <laughs> I'm gonna play them, dude. I cannot wait to uh, dig into Neverwinter and get through those dungeons in Black Lake District. It's gonna be pretty sweet. Uh, but that being said, I really hope there's a lot of support for new games and it doesn't just go straight to PlayStation Now. I honestly kind of hope that for PlayStation Now, they limit it to, you know, if it's 10 bucks, it's PlayStation 4 and below titles. So all the Why? way up to like PS1. Because I would rather... You don't want free PS5 games two years out from PS5 launch? Like, you don't want to be able to buy a PS5 and just use your PS Now and be able to play the best games of the last two years on it without having to pay anything extra well think about it. if like, i have to wait if it's backwards compatible with ps4 all of the games that are on ps now will basically be playable on it like you're gonna have probably games that are coming out this year 
for PS4, available on PS5, PS Now by the time we get to it. To an extent, I would want to support the new games coming out. Without even owning the console? No, I wouldn't. I, dude, I'm, I'm not. Two years after I, launch. Yeah, it's two, already established. All right, all right, all right. I can see your point. Two years after launch. I might not even wait that long, though, for PS5. Really? Yeah. I usually wait about a year. Because at that point, yeah, at that point, you can see, like, when things are starting to go bad. See, I always wait for PlayStation to come out with their second draft, their slim version. Oh, I don't wait that long. I, I did for the Pro. Uh, I got Visco the slim round. and the Pro now. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I, I actually waited for the Pro. Uh, I didn't have any crazy reason to buy a PlayStation 4 when I, yeah. when I first did. And even today, I what do I got, like 40 or 50 titles? That's it. Compared to my PlayStation 1, 2, and 3, it's nothing. Yeah. So, And I always find myself going back. I'm thinking that actually probably a good way to get into your first VR is going to be once VR 2 launches. I bet the price of PSVR regular drops way down. Yeah, but I'm I not bet gonna... it becomes super affordable to do that. Yeah, probably, but I'm not going to spend on that. At that point, I'll just wait a year or so and then get the PlayStation VR 2 on a Black Friday. So, yeah, we'll see. There's all different kinds of approaches. It just depends on how long you're willing to wait for what type of discount. Like, once your desire and enough discount line up, that's kind of when you strike, and that point's kind of different for everybody. Yeah, and like I said, man, for me, it's about one year or so is where I stick at uh, picking up the next generation. And I do that for everything, man. Phones, computer equipment of any sort, TVs. Uh, seriously, like, why go to the most brand new thing when you can go to something that's been out in the market for a while, has clearly had plenty of reviews, plenty well, of poor experiences. I always love to talk about, like, I remember when 4K was coming out, and it was like... $16,000 for a 4K TV, and it's like, now you can go to Costco and get 4K TVs for nothing. Like, some be, being on the cutting edge is expensive. Yeah. It's expensive to be on the cutting edge. When HDTVs first started coming out, I remember it was like a 1080p sharp Aquio screen. I think, man, that thing's bulky. A 32-inch was $1,600 at that point in time. Yeah. And that's when, and my mom and I, we went out and got it, and we put it on you know, credit card and everything and paid it off. But now you look at it, we could get that same size TV, a better, more up-to-date model for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And it that right there is just a lesson learned over the years of do not pick something up right away. PlayStation 3, another prime example. I had a fat PlayStation 3 and uh, it burned out on me at the yellow light of death. Mm -hmm. You know, so... That's Although just how some people got their backwards compatibility out of that, too. Oh, I got a lot of backwards compatibility out of it. The reason it sucks so much for me is because I was in the middle of playing Dark Cloud 2 and God of War 3 mm. at that point in time. So those two games, in fact, God of War 3 got stuck in my console. Oh, that's that sad. Sucked. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on. Moving on. Uh, More PlayStation news. PlayStation let me, 5. Let me take the charge on you this one. You want to take a charge on this one? So this one got me riled up. So PlayStation 5 Interactive Controllers gets a launch date. So this was uh, by Shannon Liao of uh, CNN Business. So this article talks a lot about how the new PlayStation 5 controller and what we're looking at there. Everybody remembers, you know, the rumors of ye old times of the banana controller for PS3 and... There's always this idea, okay, what's PlayStation going to do with their controller? Are they going to change it up? They're changing it up, folks. We uh, 
We don't know exactly what they're going to do, but they're talking haptic feedback. They're talking better than HD rumble. They're talking about getting you immersed in the game through your hands. And I'm thinking, despite what it showed in those patents for the PSVR 2, and we all know that like kind of the wand controllers is the main mode, but I'm thinking that if you can really promote this idea of good haptic feedback in the controller, you're going to be able to put people in VR and give them a more immersive experience when they're playing a controller-based game. Because not every VR game is going to need to be standing up and moving your arms around. Sometimes just being in the world and having you know your comfortable controller layout where you feel like you can do anything because it's you know, you're in game mode when you're sitting there with that controller, but being totally lost visually, but also taking your hands away from holding this this weird plastic. Because that's the last piece is getting rid of that weird plastic. But if you can convert it through a really interesting haptic feedback through a controller, I think that's going to, those working in tandem are really going to push it forward. My main question is, what is the cost going to be for extra controllers moving forward this next generation? And that's where my mind went as well. And that's why I had John pull up a couple things before this. So, folks, if you want to follow along at home, I'll give you some directions on what to do. Go ahead and open two new tabs. Look for Xbox One controllers. Look for PlayStation 4 controllers. Go to like the links that are like the official Sony page and the official Xbox page. Now, I don't know if anybody else remembers, but I remember the Xbox Elite 2 controller whole little spiel it got at uh, E3 this last year. It was really interesting to me to see that people are actually interested in It's on pre-order right now. It's like $169.00. It's crazy, and it's so customizable. You can tune this thing to the T's and have just as much resistance on all the button pushes and stuff that you want. How long are you going to have that controller? It's not even out yet. It's on pre-order now. Next year is when these new consoles launch, and PlayStation's already talking about their next-level controller tech that they're going to do. So if... If I'm a pro player and I have the money and I can buy whatever I want, sure, I guess get that elite controller too. But if the next generation is going to have like truly new tech in their controllers, I mean, a set of Joy-Cons is 70. Uh, 60? 60? 60, I think. Okay, I thought it was 70. Went around sale to like 40. Okay. Yeah. So you can get Joy-Cons. Oh, wait, wait. You're talking about Joy-Cons. Sorry. Yeah. I was thinking joysticks and... No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm way all over. Yeah, I think it's 70 Joy -Cons for Nintendo are Switch. 70 for a set. Yeah. yeah. 70 or 80. And those have the HD rumble. They have the RFID reader for the Amiibos. And the best part is for free, Joy-Con drift. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. Well, I got mine refurbed and back to me. So, and it's working fine. I haven't really played a whole lot yet, but I'll get to that. That's something I need to do too. But I looked at these two different departments and I really think that what Xbox One has in its controller now looks that much more desirable. Like their storefront, the I've not really played any Xbox One, so the controller, I'm used to the PS5. I've always liked PlayStation controllers. I don't have a problem with it. But they look so clean. 
they uh, have a bunch of different styles that are interesting. Uh, they look like they have a lot more finesse. Whereas the PS4 controllers, their colors that they come in aren't very great. The controller itself looks a little wonky. And especially the really expensive, we looked at the two expensive pro customizable controllers. The one has branding all over it. And the other looks like a, like a bad computer accessory. It's got too much color and circles and shapes. You know, I think that Sony should really take a key from Xbox One and try to make a controller that's going to be really appealing. Because I know that the uh, the Apple Arcade that I've been playing, most of those games are compatible with a controller. And you can do PS5 or you can do Xbox. PS4. Or a PS4 controller or you can do Xbox. But they're selling the Xbox controller through the Apple service, which is so weird that Apple is selling a Microsoft controller to play games on its iPad and your iPhone. Like it's, it's such a weird market out there. And I think that especially with uh, other things like uh, Google Stadia coming out in a market where it's going to be whatever controller you want to plug in, is fine because we don't want to dedicate a lot of money to making controllers or we don't really want to be at the forefront of that. We don't really want to put out an Apple controller because it's not going to make us enough money and we're going to have to charge too much for it. And it's going to look dumb and have a big Apple logo in the middle of it. Well, consider, you know, so a lot of those Apple fans, like the hardcore Apple fans will buy it. Right. But what you do is you lose those casual gamers that are not willing to put forth that money for an Apple controller and allowing them to have the flexibility to pick any controller they want really combats against a Google Stadia. Uh, you know, I, I, if I want to play Google Stadia, from my understanding, I would have to use the Google controller. No. Right? Or no, you, you can, can use, use any, any controller. controller you want. Okay. Well, the price point that, everything is broken. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Google Stadia, Apple Arcade, these are third party that can use either the PlayStation or the Xbox controller, but it seems like most people lean towards using the xbox controller or at least that's kind of because sony's always been its own thing but everybody trusts that microsoft works with other things so i think that if they're going to throw all this money at the ps5 controller they should really push it and really try to get competitive in that third-party controller market so question though so the google stadia does have a first-party controller it as does. well, though, right? Yeah, it does that has, like, an additional share function. Yeah, so, I mean, you might have people that are willing to go to that controller anyways at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, it looks like a fine controller. But notice what it looks like, though. It yeah. looks like an Xbox controller. It looks more reminiscent and of an Xbox controller. Even myself and a, a lot of people I've talked to in the past, the Xbox controller, the grip and the comfort and everything is a lot better than Joy-Cons, for example. Like, that's... I don't know what's with Nintendo. Like the Pro Controller they have looks like an Xbox controller. Yep. It's the same style. The Pro Controllers that you're seeing on the PlayStation 4, all of those, they look like an Xbox, the same style. So not exactly to a T, but no, it has but that same more angular, size. less round, and exactly. they don't have a touchpad. I mean, I like the idea of the touchpad on the PS4 controller. I really do. I use it a lot. But it was a gimmicky thing. I like it for typing. 
I like being able to scroll my thumb over to like the keypad and type by just clicking in as I hover over the things. I I enjoy it, but it was like a failure. It was like the touchpad on the back of the Vita. Some things used it, but for the most part, it was one of those eh. six access on the PlayStation Three. Yeah. The ability to kind of do the motion and yeah. everything. Which is pretty cool initially, but they They're had gimmicks. to take they out were gimmicks. Yeah, little gimmicks to see how it would test out on the market. But at the end of the day, the one company that has always had the most reliable controller and is stuck to it, except has been, for the original Xbox. Yeah, the Duke is. Pro- I can't even believe they're selling that for like seventy bucks on our website. That the Xbox 360 on. I'm not even gonna mess with the Xbox original. That was the worst controller I'd ever seen. Everything else has been fantastic from them. And honestly, whenever I got games that I want to play on my PC and I want to hook up a controller, I will try to pick up an Xbox 360 to play those games, the controller, versus a PlayStation 3 and trying to hook it up via Bluetooth. See, that's one of those things. Like, I was thinking, oh, maybe I should use a controller for my iPad, but, you know, I don't want to take my PS5 controller, my PS4 controller out of my house because if I do and somebody's at home and they want to use it, well, now it's not there. So it's like if I was going to get another controller, I'd probably wind up getting an Xbox controller because, I, A, I just don't have one. And Wait, it would be nice to have one. There's third-party controllers that, like, outside of the big three systems yeah. that you can purchase uh, a controller yeah, for an Yeah, I haven't done that since I got, like, a Mad Cats controller for game. <laughs> oh, man, Mad Cats. Them and Pelican. Um, I do know. Well, here's one thing to consider, too. Can you do an Xbox 360 controller because it is Bluetooth? Uh, Xbox 360 isn't Bluetooth. That's RFID. Are you sure? Yeah. What am I thinking of? PlayStation. PlayStation 3. Yeah. Yeah. That explains it. Okay. Well, regardless. uh, I think Bluetooth on PS3 was the first Bluetooth I actually used. I don't think I had any Bluetooth accessories for a phone before I had a PS3. Are you sure that one's Bluetooth? Yeah, that one is Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would just go third party, dude. Pick up a controller for like 20, 30 bucks that you're not worried about getting stolen or broken or anything yeah, along those I lines. I would like, uh, I remember one of my favorite controllers I ever had was a third party. I think it was Bad Cats. It was like a flat, thin, like looked like a, like a NES controller style, but for PS2. I don't remember that. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like something something small and flat like that. Like I always like the idea of um kind of the Vita as like the Vita was almost kind of like a prototype for like what the Switch was or what the, you know, the Wii U was. Like the they had the idea of the, you know, portable play, but you had to be somewhere with great Wi-Fi and you had to be able to like, you know, play it streaming through your console at home but that whole idea of like oh i've got a portable screen with controls on it and i can just take it with me wherever i go or play it at home like i always thought the vita was like the perfect kind of way to go for that kind of thing until the switch blew it out of the water yeah i still need to get a vita myself uh but dude seriously look at uh some sort of like chinese knockoff brand controller for your uh your apple I probably would just, I see that's the thing I think you get what you pay for I mean my friend he has a whole bunch of cheap controllers that we use for playing Steam games and they fucking suck the Microsoft brand ones are the only ones that are good 
the other ones all yeah I've, stick and they I think suck. it's a circa brand they're horrible yeah i just i i think that first party hardware is worth the investment oh, like, man. very rarely like the xbox 360 console itself the xbox 360 little wireless earbud talker thing that didn't have a way to replace the battery so once it's dead and you can't charge it anymore it's just dead and my drift on my left Joy-Con, those are the only three times I've ever had hardware issues besides a little bit of discrete error on PS2. That's different. That can be fixed pretty easily. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. For the most part, all the hardware that I've had has never really had very much trouble. But that third-party stuff just breaks. Yeah, you got to look around, man. I've had some third-party controllers that I've picked up over the years that have been fantastic. So it just it really depends on what you're looking at reviews and mm-hmm. um, the experiences people have had. Well, dude, I was trying to do a good transition there with Chinese knockoff, and you and you threw me off, man. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you know the, the elephant in the room, Blizzard, and all the craziness going on in China and Hong Kong, and yeah, gamers so, being suspended and everything. Yeah, else. so this was a big one. Um, Anybody who hasn't been watching South Park lately, anybody who hasn't been reading the news lately, basically anybody, anybody that has on, not been living under a rock. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard about the riots in Hong Kong and uh, it's not a good situation. You know, people are out there trying to, you know, fight for the freedoms that they have. And certain people have said certain things and gotten in trouble for it. So in this instance, uh, there was a Hearthstone player, professional, who spoke out against, you know, the Chinese oversight and for Hong Kong at the end of a broadcast. And he got fined his entire year's earnings and he got expelled for 12 months. So and the two people that he was talking to. Also, they tried to get out of the way of it. They were hardly involved tangentially, but they got completely dropped too. And this is all a part of a policy that Blizzard has in place to distance themselves and say, you know, hey, if you do anything that we don't really approve of or make any stances like that, like basically protecting their own image, like saying, if you do something, that's you. And we're immediately going to disassociate ourselves. We're going to take your money. And we're just going to back away from it because we don't want to be involved. We just are here for the money. And we've seen a lot of other companies do this. And South Park stood up last week and this week and basically held a middle finger to China. And they got themselves banned in China. Yeah, I think they removed it from the internet in China. (laughs) Yeah, so South Park doesn't exist in China anymore. And they doubled down on it this week. And really raise that middle finger to China. But it's it's this new thing where it's like, okay, so many businesses get so much money from Chinese markets. Like, that's why there's five Transformers movies. Yeah. It's literally why there's five Transformers movies. Because they sell a bajillion dollars worth of tickets in China. For Transformers movies for that Transformers absolutely movies. suck. It's because it's Matt Damon. Is it Matt Damon or is it... Uh... No, it's the effects. 
No, no, I know it, the effects. The I'm just U.S. Saying. exports the best special effects in the world. No, I'm saying the the American actors too. Yeah, well, just the seeing the American too, actors yeah. on screen is like a. I mean, I don't know. Like, but we we make the best, biggest looking action movies in the world, so everybody wants to see our action movies because nobody else can come close. It's not Matt Damon. It's the other guy that looks like Matt Damon. He doesn't look like Matt Damon. They look the same. There's a reason I always confuse them. Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg, yeah. They look he does, no, he hey, doesn't. Look, I'm looking at the person that confused Far From Home hey, from... Listen here. I don't look anything like him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, so... I Seriously, I don't. Say hey to your mother for me. <laughs> she says hi. So you do bring up a good point. There is a lot of money in China, and I can see why Blizzard took this stance. Would I agree with it? Not necessarily in the harshness that came about it. Now, who knows how much of that was influenced by Chinese government and, you know, we're going to go ahead and ban Blizzard from, you know, being able to have competitions and, you know, sell games in China. I mean, there might have been a lot of pressure on that and that we don't fully know about. But at the end of the day, that punishment was pretty tough. You're taking the guy's entire earnings for the year and we're looking at already October. So... Finding him for his uh, earnings, plus getting rid of him for twelve months—absolutely ridiculous. That's a career killer. Yeah, for sure. Like very few pro sports or players or esports players are able to take that kind of time off and come back into it because there's just unless so there's much another time game off, that you're they staying at that level, yeah. you're gonna fall behind. Unless there's like another game that they're pretty good at, but a lot of those guys, from what I know that's their game they stick to it like that's why they're so good at certain games yeah it's like any sport that you would have well like, and every year there's new people coming up so if you know if you get ousted a whole generation is going to come into that game because a whole new group is going to become interested in that the, year and while muscle memory and all that kind of kicks in and a year later you can be well, okay it's hearthstone you're not so hearthstone gonna... is a strategy game so you don't have to be as reactionary as you do in some of those other games but but this is a general do... general statement is what i'm yeah. saying like you know when it comes down to those types of things your muscle memory and your strategy and how you think about things in a game are going to remain for the most part but there's so many changes that occur within a year-long basis to not only the game but also how you play it and uh and playing against other competition like good competition so yeah this is a potential well, this could really hurt some markets like chinese market is huge in dota they have they're their own china's its own region there's a lot of really really good teams that come out of china so if this winds up screwing with people's travel visas and stuff that's a whole nother issue that comes up sometimes and uh it's it's really a terrible situation, and I think that there's really a lot more that could be said about these companies too. These companies that you know are American companies, or you know claim American values, and then they look over everything that's happening over there, and they say, you know, we're just going to further ourselves away from this because this is how we make money. Well, those companies probably are already dodging taxes here. They're probably already doing things that the game industry is so well known for doing wrong and being exploitative. They're already cast in a bad light in my eye. So I wouldn't really put it past anybody Blizzard Activision is already doing terrible things. The fact that they're doing this 
doesn't surprise me, and I understand why people are making a big deal about it, and I think it's good that they're making a big deal about it, but these uh, same companies are going to keep doing this and worse. At the same time, though, there is a point where, like I said, I can see why they would do it. They have a rule in place that says, here's, you know, we don't want you going about and talking politics or like ESPN, for example, like they try to hold away some of their folks from talking politics. They don't want to cast a bad light on really Disney because they own ESPN, but the ESPN network in general, they don't want certain things to be talked about. And Blizzard took that approach and said, we don't want you to get into certain things that are going to cast us a bad light, put us in a weird situation. And what are they supposed to do? They have a ton of money in the Chinese market. I would imagine they're probably, you know, think, think about in this respect, Say China is giving you a billion dollars in revenue annually and Hong Kong is giving you a hundred million. Who are you going to support if you're Blizzard? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's well, no, a huge that's what I'm chunk saying. of revenue. I, I'm not, that's so, why I'm not surprised. These companies yeah. are always going to do what suits them best. So well, yeah. it's a good thing that people are trying to put pressure on, you know, companies to achieve the values they espouse or try to help people who are obviously trying to get a fair shake and really but they're not gonna because they're already doing bad things outside of this because it's all about the bottom line and really at the end of the day what this is really pointing out is that a lot of these companies and this might get a little more political than we would want but a lot of these companies are doing a lot of their manufacturing and everything in china they're under the chinese thumb in that case right because they're doing so much of that production over there if they would outsource and say build in Vietnam or build in some other company, Samsung or just another country completely pulled out of China. Samsung no longer manufactures in China. Yeah, and their product because is of not, these, uh, you know, yeah. tariffs and stuff. This trade war that's going on. Well, there's uh, there's been several that. companies that have pulled out of all that, but that's a little bit beyond. Yeah, a little bit beyond what our, we normally our, do. Our stuff here. But I, I guess what I'm saying in this is, if you were to have those companies like. Apple and uh, Blizzard and all of them kind of go into different markets and such where they could still bring in re revenue, also bolster economies for a lot of these smaller countries, you know, then you're not under that thumb. You don't have yeah. to cave to that political pressure and ban or suspend players for X amount of months and take away money and all that. It's not to say that they had to, but, you know, we don't truly know at the end of the day what kind of restrictions would have been placed on Blizzard in China, how that would have hurt blizzard activision in the long run and also their financial flexibility to provide games for us in the future there's a lot of things in play that a lot of people aren't considering with this entire situation like it's one guy and it sets an example which sucks but they can move forward and they can continue to put out a product yeah so that, that's really at the end of the day and i'm not agreeing or disagreeing you know it's a crap situation but it is what it is uh, uh, next up, we've got... So, there's no more Facebook on PS4. I kind of did a little bit of looking into this. So, apparently, this kind of stems from... Or it could be traced back to the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which I never heard of. But, according to Wikipedia, and I quote, illicit harvesting of personal data by Cambridge Atlantica for political purposes. So... I guess Facebook had some vulnerabilities in it, which you could hack to gather personal information. This company did that uh, for political purposes, 
and I guess Sony decided, okay, well, we're not going to work with this anymore. And since then, uh, I guess reps from Facebook were contacted by uh, the writer of the article, and it seems like uh, they're going to be trying to patch this. Yeah, I mean, and this is more of a... It's, it, at first, when I heard about this, I thought that this was like, what the hell are you doing, Sony? Like, why are you removing you know, the ability to put stuff on Facebook. Like I enjoy taking photos yeah. on my games and sharing them on Facebook and, um, you know, sharing videos and all that cool stuff. And luckily nothing else has been touched by it like YouTube. Cause we actually use YouTube for our, our YouTube channel. So check that out. And, um, yeah, so this really is a kudos to Sony. Sony is looking at your privacy and your, you know, data and saying, look, there's a, an issue here, Facebook fix it. And, you know, we'll continue supporting you. But right now we're going to, see support and while it sucks that there isn't any current playstation support on facebook i do agree with it and i'm I'm happy that they took that approach yeah i think that they're uh, making a good decision but it doesn't really affect me i don't really know how many people actually care about that but you know if it affects you hopefully it won't affect you for too long and you know everything will be good and your information won't go leaked. well i have trophy support for example of mine so whenever i obviously get a trophy it typically populates on my facebook mm. and so gamer friends that i have will see it so see just, how good you are at your games john i've got a lot of trophies actually yeah, I that the other day yeah quite a few i think i compared myself to yours the other day i'm well above you ryan i'm sure you are yeah well I, above I don't you. i don't have very many well but you know what i do have i don't know what do you have i have a good idea are you about to steal my idea? Yes, I am. So we've been talking about PlayStation news so much. We got all this PlayStation confirmation. John, what are the top five PS4 games that you look forward to playing? I will have you know that I took this or from... Or not let you look forward to playing, but what are the top five uh, PS4 exclusive games that you should play on your ps4 you see folks ryan stole my idea and he had no idea what he was talking about this was supposed to be an impromptu power poll of the greatest playstation 4 games that have been released this generation do you understand that right yes i do it okay. is the best what are the best ps4 games we're gonna both do this and so this is how the power polls typically work at least on the stations that i listen to so we're both gonna start with our number five on what we feel is the number five on our list. Okay, we're going from our lowest valued game that we think to our top one, which is ranked number one. Okay. So I haven't honestly thought about this. So uh, I'm going to go with my number five is going to be Spider-Man. Well, with Spider-Month being behind us, we were both able to play Spider-Man for the PS4. And now I'm going to tell you folks that three of the games on this list are the only three PS4 games that I've played, I, I looked up a top 20 PS4 exclusives. Yeah, don't read my list. So I uh, I looked it up, and of all those games, I only played three. So I'm going to also put Spider-Man at the bottom of mine. Okay. Yeah, and see, and let's, we can kind of discuss the reasoning behind it. I so, thought it was a good game, but I only played it for a few minutes, so I don't really know how good it is. Well, here's the thing. I looked at a lot of the reviews. I looked at a lot of videos of people playing it. Um, I could kind of gather there's a reason why this game is one of the better selling games of this generation for the PlayStation 4. 
And graphically, it's awesome. It's an open-world environment. It is truly the best Spider-Man game, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, for the sure. The best Spider-Man game to ever come out. We and both said that. It, and it's exclusive. That's the best part about it. So I don't it's know if it's five the best part about it, but it is a good boon. Oh, no, it's the best part Sony about fans. it because as a Sony fan, I can say I can play Spider-Man and you can't. There you go. All right. Number four, Ryan. What do you have as your number four? Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Bloodborne. What? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm not big on any of the Soulsborne games, really. Like, they're fun. They're interesting. I tried playing Bloodborne. I didn't really get into it, but I've watched a lot of Bloodborne Let's Play, and I think that the aesthetic is great. I think that the game itself looks amazing. All the weapons are really cool. Uh, I dig it. I really dig it. Just haven't had time to really play very much of it. All right. So it's going to be number four. All right. My number four on the list, I'm going to have to go with, you're going to hate me here, God of War. So I have yet to play it. That's one of the key reasons it's number four on the list right now. I have at least played a little bit of Spider-Man, hence why it's on the list. But God of War is number four. I've played one through three. Truly enjoyed the entire series, but this takes a different approach. I don't, this isn't uh, Greek mythology, right? They've gone a different approach yep. overall. So it's uh, Norse mythology, yep. I think. Yeah, so as much as I like Norse mythology, I kind of like Greek mythology a little bit more. So, uh, Well, you've played all of God of War, so you know there's not any more of that left. Oh, uh, yeah. no, That's all gone. That is all gone. And uh, I'm curious to see how this plays out. I've seen a lot of gameplay videos, read a lot of reviews, heard a lot of good things over the last few years. I picked it up for like $10 on a Black Friday and have yet to touch it. It's number four. All right, what's number three there, John? Oh, man, this is a toughie, but uh, I'm going to go Bloodborne on number three. So Bloodborne, one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 4. I put countless hours to it. Uh, it was actually one of those games that I was willing to go back and play the DLC after it was released because I enjoyed it that much. Now, I will say the Chalice Dungeons were not one of the top things on my That's list. That's what I've always heard. Yeah, so the Chalice Dungeons were cool. But it was one of those things of, why is it here? It's it's just an add-on. It, yeah. It's just a little bonus. But you Take it if you like it. But you could have given me more DLC. Yeah. You could have expanded my worlds a little more. Like yeah. You could have added more to it than these stupid dungeons that really the only purpose is to treasure hunt with people and battle the same monsters you've been battling in the game uh, over and over again. Yeah. So that is my number three. What is yours? Uh, so for number three, best PS4 game, I'm going to go with The Last of Us Part 2, because if it's not the best PS4 game of all time, then I don't understand why everybody keeps talking about it. And that's, <laughs> that's my reasoning. It's not even out yet. And then, uh, let's go to number two. So number two is Final Fantasy VII Remake, because if that's not the best PS4 game that ever came out, I don't know why everybody's going to keep talking about it. You literally just picked a remaster and a remake. You're killing me, dude. Well, those are those games. They're going to be the best PS4 games. So, I mean, it, why even talk about anything else? They're oh, going said, to be the best. Oh, you said Last of Us Part Two. Okay, yeah. I can see that. But Final Fantasy is just a remake. It's a whole new game, dude. Like they're going to be, they're going to be the best PS4 I, games of all time. I, so why are we even talking about I, it? No, because I have the best PS4 game of all time at okay, number one on my list. Okay, what's your number two? So my number two is Uncharted Four. Uh, Uncharted 4, I've played every Uncharted game except the one with the women. It is actually still sealed on my shelf. Uh, Uncharted 4, 
beautifully closed out the entire not entire but it closed out the uncharted series it really me. did a great job it, it was a gorgeous game it did an awesome job overall the game was phenomenal gameplay wise um the graphics were amazing the story was amazing and then it really did you know when you watch a season or a series for a show mm-hmm. and you're you're invested for so yeah. many years and you get to that last episode and you're like that was hot garbage like they could have closed it out so much better I could not picture another way for them to close out Uncharted 4. And I want to play They nailed it. the landing. Oh, dude. It was all the messed up landings that they had in that game series over the years. But they nailed that landing. And it was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Uh, well, and then what's the number one, John? Oh, crap. I got to do number one. Number one. Horizon Zero Dawn. Wrong! It's God of War. Everybody, God of War is the best PS4 game of all time, no matter what Final Fantasy VII Remake and The Last of Us Part Two tell you. Horizon Zero Dawn, dude. It was... Yes, John, that is also a game. It is... <laughs> dude, Horizon Zero Dawn, you have to play it. I know. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's stoked for the sequel to that, too. I am so... Which is probably not going to be PS4, which is why it wasn't on my list. I am so much, so much more excited for Horizon Zero Dawn 2 than any other game. Like, immediately after beating that game, I I remember straight, you talking about it. We I were already straight, doing the podcast. Dude, I went straight to Google after I beat that game and finished it and was like, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, just to see if anything came up. It was that good. I absolutely loved it. I would honestly probably replay it again, and I don't replay games that often. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got so many. Why waste the time? Yeah, exactly. That's the issue. So that's our top five PS4 games. Hey, John, tell people where they can tell us what their top five PS4 games are. Facebook, at the Game Deflators. Instagram, Game Deflators. Nope. No, at Game Deflators. Nope. At the Game Deflators. Yep. Jesus, we're messing it up. Everywhere Twitter, on the internet, Twitter. the Game Deflators, except Twitter. That Twitter. is at Game Deflators. Where we're at Jesus. Game Deflators. And uh, find us on YouTube, Podbean, any Apple podcast, Spotify, anything you can find, we're on there. And Ryan, I have to tell you, we got our first three German listeners. It was... Wunderbar! <laughs> it was wunderbar. It's Oktoberfest here on the Game Deflators podcast. Yeah, so, dude, our UK listeners are actually uh, it's pretty Spread sweet. that word. Oh, it's awesome. I accidentally, when I'm doing... Drink a beer and tell whoever you're chinging glasses with that the Game Deflators sent I, you. I have to tell you something really cool that I did the other day on our website. It kind of screwed up our analytics a little bit because I accidentally played like nine episodes in a process, and it counted towards our episode count. Uh. That sucks. We're about almost 600 total, but... I actually went through and created a reviews page for us. Or not necessarily reviews, but it is a list of every episode that we've had and every game that we have played and done an inflation deflation on. So anybody out there listening, go check it out. It's on our actual page on Podbean, and uh, it's on the About Us right underneath it. You'll see all the games we played. So if you want to, if you want to play along, game, yep. If you want to play along, and there's a specific game you want to see that we reviewed, go on there. Uh, all right. Ryan, so this week. In our inflation deflation challenge, we're adding to that list, and we're uh, we're gonna go ahead and ride that hashtag all the way to the top of the mountain. This week we've got Batman: Return of the Joker hashtag Joker for the Game Boy. Now this uh, this game came back out in uh, 1991 for right before Christmas time. Developed by Sunsoft, published by Sunsoft, designed by. Yoshiaki Iwata and Tadashi Kojima and it 
is really hard. Dude, did you look up the reviews for this game? Or like the No, I did not it? see anything about the reception of this game. I'm going to look that up while you give the folks uh, your actual pricing here before so we get we'll into discussions. So we'll go ahead and go through a little bit of the pricing here before we get into the nitty gritty of the actual gameplay. Let's get you the brass tacks. So if you really want to pay for this game and you just can't stand to live without it, you need to be that high dollar boy. You can spend $125 on a complete inbox for the NES or you could cheap out at $8.95 for Game Boy Color Loose. Now, we were looking specifically at the Game Boy version of this game. Now, Complete Inbox, that's going to run you $51.50, which is a steal compared to the peak price of $99.99 back in November 16. Uh, so, $50 is a lot of money. John has this loose. Uh, going right now, it's $11.74. Uh, that was peaking at uh 1536 this april april 2019 it's kind of trending back up that way but i'm gonna tell you right now this game was hard as nails we had a tough time with this one we did not make it past the first level and uh that's really gonna weigh in on my impact so check this out so i'm i haven't found a review i can tell you that but it says that it has no passwords or save slots so that sucks. Uh, and it says the game is only about a half hour long, which is right in line with what we do. If we were actually good at this game, we could have beat it within the time frame. That is a solid point there. Solid point. There are one, two. No, no, no. Never mind. I thought that was levels. It wasn't. Either way, man, I agree with you. It is extremely hard. We got to, I think, some waterfalls about 30 minutes in, and we were just like, screw this. It is extremely hard. I actually did kind of enjoy it, though, dude, for a Game Boy game in terms of... It looks great. The it, sprites yeah, look great. looks great. The overall controls and what you're doing, bouncing off walls is actually really easy. What I would note is there are moments where you're trying to jump from one platform to the next. I don't know if you noticed, but you'd slide a little bit. That was an issue for me. No. And, no? Really? Okay, so that was an issue for me. I would jump to one platform, i kind of slide just a little bit and fall off the edge, which sucked. Uh, I was not really good at the, you know, hitting the my batarang and the hook shot. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of difficult. But I think with a little more time, if I would have sat back and I just kept playing that. I think a good car ride as a child, you would have mastered this game. For sure. For we sure. just, we only have so much time to spend playing these games. And, you know, back in the day, backseat, that's the thing about every Game Boy game. Every Game Boy game was meant to be mastered in the back seat of a car on summer vacation on your way to California or something like that. You know, it was your, your time to, you know, just coast. Exactly. And nowadays, if I'm on a road trip with my wife, she wants me to talk to her. So I, I need to talk to her. Well, it's just sitting here for 30 minutes is not how this was meant to be played. This was meant to be meticulously worked out, you know, Knowing how long to wait for something to happen, knowing where that next bad guy is going to spawn, knowing like it's really one of those games where you don't have enough life, you don't have enough continues, so you're really going to have to memorize and focus your way through this and we just don't have the time for those kind of games so but that's you know, unfortunately the, that's, that's, the that's a downside but that's the beauty of it too is that while it's a downside for us in recording on this podcast 
if you want a game that's going to give you that challenge and that ability to sit there and say, I need the master of us and I need to well, time but things out. there's better things that are more worth it. For $11? Yeah. Name one. Downwell. What the hell's that on? Uh, Switch, mobile, no, basically I'm ta- anything. I'm talking Game Boy. Um, Aha. Uh-huh. Mario. Okay, you you got me there. You got me there. Well, Metroid. This is, this is okay. Fine, you got me there too. Zelda. Ah, uh, it's not the same. Shall I continue? Do. <laughs> okay. okay. So regardless, well, just, dude, I, I think maybe we're just at odds on this. So, are you actually saying that you think, John, that this is worth eleven dollars? No, hell no. I wouldn't pay eleven dollars okay, for this so game. You're not. I would say that if you found this game at seven ninety nine. I would say pay that seven ninety nine. That's where I would be at. But not eight dollars. You, I would pay the two ninety nine. I paid for it a few years ago. No, not a penny more. Seven ninety nine. Well, I guess you got tax. So uh, seven ninety nine out the door. So less than eight dollars. Less than eight dollars. Just a little less. So than $8. if you garage sale and saw this for eight dollars, pull you out tell those that pennies. guy to screw himself. Pull and out those walk pennies away. or give me a penny in return. One of the two. Uh, like I said, man, I enjoy that it. That would be the so sprites. rude. Could you imagine going up to somebody at a garage sale and be like, give you seven ninety nine? It says eight. Yeah, but I want a penny back. I would, and you make him reach into his pocket and pull out a penny to give you back to you? You go with me to a garage sale and we will do it. Oh, my God. That's we will so mean. I would love to do that. Give me a penny. That'd be awesome. Having to have him find a penny. So, so you got a screaming deal on this really tough game. And you're saying it's worth $7.99. I'm also going to say that it's inflated. And I'm going to say if you can't pick this up for a cool five, then forget about it. Five bucks, that's it? That's it. Yeah, that'd be a good way to good way to go with this game. But, you know, as this article that I just read said, um, that rhymed, it's only like a 30-minute game. So once you've mastered it, you're done. It does say that there's a couple bland levels throughout, but the music is desirable. The sprite work is good. This, the sprite work... The music was good. The overall gameplay was good. Um, and like Ryan's saying, it's just hard. And we don't have the time to sit back and play these games as much yeah. as we would like to and master it. But that's definitely one that we could sit back and play at some point and beat it with no issue. Down, you know, probably an hour or two of mastering it. So, seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine, And that's where we're going to leave you tonight, folks. Check us out. On the internet, we just told you where, but we're going to tell you again. Where can they find us, John? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, every podcast application you can find, and YouTube. The Game Deflators, except for? Twitter, at The Game Deflators. No. <laughs> no, the. <laughs> no, the. At Game Deflators, folks. All Twitter, right, so at Game Deflators. Episode 49 in the back. Join us next week. Go forget about our contest. Message us on one of the social media platforms. Tell us, hey, I'm a listener. Hey, I I want to win the fun secret prize. We don't even know what the secret prize is. I'm sorry. It's fun, though. It's... <laughs> hey, what are we playing next week? Are we doing Parasite Eve? Uh, yes, I believe next week we will check out Parasite Eve because we'll probably get farther in that RPG than we did in today's Batman. No, we won't, but <laughs> we'll get You far. mean more than two minutes in? well more god i can't believe you got stuck on that first part of that level he so i will have to say ryan goes i did not know how to wall jump he's like i'm stuck on the first part of a level i'm like well i'm gonna read an article here to catch up for the podcast 
And yeah, you finally got past the wall yeah, jumping. Finally figured out. And then I picked it up and just was wall jumping right away. Right away. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Well, uh, that's it, folks. Join us next week for episode 50. It's going to be sweet. 50 episodes, dude. It'll be great. Oh, that's not even including our lost episodes. Right. So we're going to be at 53 total episodes. That's. No, you just say 50. Uh, Those go... other ones are lost. They don't count. But they're on Podbean. Well, just tell people 50. It's a good number. There's, Well, fine. It's 50. It's episode 50 next week, folks. We've lost I'm episodes. I'm Ryan. I'm He's John. John. No, no, no. I do this part. I'm John. You're Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.